All right, thank you for joining me tonight. We're on the podcast, Joshua Ministries podcast. Thank you for joining. I'm doing something a little bit different here, uh, trying to get uh, the presence of the podcast out a little more. And I've got the Facebook Live going with the podcast as well. Uh, so if you want to join on the podcast um, or the the uh, Facebook Live, it's uh, under Joshua Miller. That'd be a, and a Facebook Live there. So I'm, uh, I'm syncing the Facebook Live and the uh, podcast at the same time. So uh, I don't know how that's going to work, but let me know if it doesn't work. So I'll just cut one out if the uh, the Facebook Live or the, the, the voice is not working on either one of them. Uh, so the podcast tonight, as you just noticed, it's under Preacher Josh Rants and what I like to do on the podcast here is to call out the, um, things that are are opposing the Word of God, and we have an obligation to do that. And in the previous podcast that we had was that I gave was on Ezekiel chapter thirty three, and Ezekiel chapter thirty three covers the uh, uh, the watchman on the wall. Um, if you know, go back and just read chapter 33 of Ezekiel and the first 10, uh, 13, 14 verses. That's what we went through in the podcast. Um, and God is speaking. God himself is speaking to Ezekiel. And he declares to Ezekiel that I put you on the wall as a watchman to warn the people of danger. And so that's the emphasis of that. And then he goes through and explains that if you warn the people and they don't listen, the blood is on their own hands and not on yours because you warn them. But if you see danger coming and you don't warn the people and they are destroyed by the enemy, the blood shed is on your hands because you didn't warn them 
And that's the case with us as Christians. We see impending danger and destruction coming because we know God's word and we have the obligation to warn people. We can't just sit through, sit idly by and not say a word about hell and not say a word about sin and not say a word about transgressions or the fact that Jesus is coming back with a sword to straighten everything out. And he's going to divide the saved, the, the saved ones from the lost ones. He's going to divide the sheep from the goats and he is going to settle it once for all. And once that is determined, those that are on the side of the lost cannot be converted anymore and cannot are eternally condemned to hell. We have to warn people of that. So I'm trying to be faithful to do that tonight. And I have <clears throat> find my notes here for tonight. It's tonight. The uh, podcast is on abortion and I had a title. I don't think my title's up. Uh, so the title that I had in, intended for it was Abortion is Murder, Change My Mind. And we had a, we've had a lot of uh, protests going on in certain major cities because of the Roe versus Wade um, leak and from the Supreme Court. And I don't know who leaked it. It shouldn't have been leaked. It was, um, I think it was intent. Of course, it was intentional. But I, I don't know if that it was anyone from the Supreme Court. It might have been their um, their staff, maybe someone that's compromised. I'm hoping it's not anyone that was on that's on the Supreme Court. But anyway, the ruling, um, it is a draft, so it's not uh, official. But neither is Roe versus Wade, the ruling for it that legalized abortion. That's not even official. That's not even it was not even law, but it became precedent for the last few decades for whatever reason, because of we have to understand we're at a war between between God and Satan, between God's people and demons. Uh, we're at war. And we don't wrestle against flesh and blood but we know we wrestle against the devil, the demons in high places. Uh, Ephesians chapter six is clear on this, that they take places of government. They take high places, those with prestige, um, royalty and nobility. They use these positions to corrupt people and corrupt places and things. And we, we're at a war with them. And so they've taken our Supreme court and they've, they've taken, uh, millions of babies down with it. 63 million babies have been murdered since that ruling, which is actually an unofficial ruling. But since then, 63 million babies have died. And they've called it abortion. They're using terms that, that, to uh, to uh, dole our minds on it, dole the fact that it's actually murder. And I'm going to cover, Lord willing, here some scripture that proves that it's murder. And there's no way, no way around it. Uh, so at this time, we're going to 
go to the Lord in prayer. And then we'll continue. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for your many blessings. We thank you for what you've done for us, what you've given us. I pray that you would give me the clear thoughts and clear speech to present your word according to your will. I pray that you bless those uh, watching or listening. I pray they would share it, uh, this if they see the, the need for others to hear it, would share it with their friends and their family and stand up for what's right, no matter what the opposition is. Help us to stand up, to be steadfast, unmovable. Help us to always be abounding in the work of the Lord. Help us to show, be bold, be brave, be courageous. As he told Joshua, have I not told you to be strong and of good courage? Our enemies may look strong. They may be fierce, but they're nothing compared to God, nothing compared to Jesus and his power, nothing compared to the, to the power that he's given us through the Holy Spirit. Help us to be strong and resist the devil and his attacks and his darts that he throws at us. Help us to, to be faithful to you in what we do and what we say. And we give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so I want to look at a few scripture verses here. I've got marked in my Bible here. And I'm going to go to first is Psalms 139. If you want to take notes, go ahead and take notes. That way you can show others uh, the references and the the backing that we have in the Word of God. So Psalms chapter 139, uh, verses uh, 13 through 18. And it says, For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knows right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written which in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. So we see in these verses, Psalms 139, verse 13 through 18, we see that God has made us. God has created us. And this is very important to understand, especially with abortion, because the, the, there are groups of people trying to, to uh, claim that it's, they didn't do it with the vaccines, but now they're claiming my body, my choice, my body, my choice, ranting these things. Uh, they're taking baby dolls and uh, some have say they've had several abortions, whatever the count of abortions they've had. They've had dolls to match up to that count of abortions that they've had. There's some that have even taken these dolls and just beat them and torn them apart and mangled them 
saying these 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 are this is just a cell this is just a mush or whatever it is it's wicked it's sick they don't understand of course they're in their base mind in the flesh they don't they can't understand that they've been handed over to a reprobate minds because of their lack of uh understanding the lack of obedience to god and it's all in the flesh anyway so they don't they don't care to know really what they're doing but if they would study the word of god if they would listen he's given us given them warnings he's given us warnings on what to follow but what we see here in psalms chapter 139 is the fact that Life begins at conception, and the the whole idea of you existing was before you were born. Verse 15 says, My substance was not hid from you when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. God knows you, and he knows me, and he knew me before I was born. And we're going to go to more scriptures back in that. We'll see. The fact is that God, as creator, he creates us, and he understands us, and he knows us. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. If we go back to verse 14, I will praise thee. And I praise the Lord for making me and creating me. I, I, in my um, finite mind, I, I try to, to think about my life, what it is like and or, or what it would be like if something was different or altered. What if we were, I just happened to be here and there was no plan for me. And I try to imagine that it's hard for me to imagine that there's no plan for me because I've 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 come to the understanding that God created me with a plan before I was born. He had a plan for me and he has a job for me to do because we're important. There's an agenda of this transhumanism and its singularity. And in this, they are taking technology the goal is to make us common people uh, useless. They only need us to work factories. They only need us to to work nine to uh, nine to five and get their products out the door so that they can make money on them. So they're just using us for that. But they have robots that can take our place, and once they get all the kinks worked out, they don't need us anymore. And they tried, they tried to prove that through COVID-19, uh, the fact that they sent people home and they paid them to stay home. Well, what they're doing is getting these robots ready to take your place because you're no longer needed. And because they, they don't value life. They like the fact that the Roe versus Wade teaches the masses that life is nothing it's just a piece of meat life is just a, a um, piece of material there's nothing special to it that's what they try to convince people and a lot of people have can have been convinced of that 
and they destroyed their lives because of it. Um, there's excuse that to for abortion that it's for the health of the mother, but that's a lie because 93% of abortions are done by choice. They are the babies are aborted because they want them aborted because it would put a damper on their lifestyle raising a child. They want to go have sex with whomever they want to and not suffer, suffer, I say, the consequences. They don't want to be a parent. They don't want to be responsible. They don't want to take responsibilities or be accountable for their actions. So it's a lie that it's for your health that you need abortions. There are cases, possibly, but very few. Like I said, 93% of abortions are done on purpose, are done deliberately for by choice. Um, I just thought of the Abby Johnson. She's an uh, advocate for uh, children, the unborn. And there's a movie that came out about her. And I've forgotten the name of the movie. But if you look up Abby Johnson, you'll probably find the movie. And it was when she was working about her, she'd work in the abortion clinics. And it, it came to a point that she realized abortion is murder. She had, there was a 13 week um, baby that they had were going to abort and she noticed that the, the baby could feel the vacuum that they were taking to suck the child out of the womb and shred it to pieces. She noticed that it before, as it, as the vacuum touched the baby's arm or leg or side, that it would flinch and try to get away from the vacuum, but it couldn't. And from that point on, she repented and she's been fighting it ever since. In Psalms 139 here, he says, For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knows right well. And especially me, I'm convinced of this. I have the Holy Spirit indwelling in me, and he has convinced me that I've been made in the image of God that I was created by him. And on that, let's go to Genesis chapter one. And let's see what God has to say there. Genesis chapter one and verse 27. So God created man in his own image. God created man in his own image. That right there says we must be important if God created us to look like him, we must be important. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. That right there settles the argument of the transgender movement. Um, the transgender movement, by the way, is actually uh, a plan by the government to destroy the family. The way God intended it. Uh, because you understand, if you think logically, if you were to create a family with a woman and a woman, a man and a man, they can't procreate and they just gender diseases. 
that way uh, the fam is not going to last very long the devil knows this and that's why he's using the government to push this on society is because it destroys and kills but god created us in his image male and female he created them we go to chapter 2 and verse 7 and the lord god formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul this is a very important verse and you need to know this verse if you don't know it already the fact that god if you go back and read the account of of creation in genesis genesis chapter one he took in six days he created the universe not just the earth not just the earth the stars the sun but the universe everything involved and all of our laws gravity physics, thermodynamics, whatever, you name it, God made this and put it into place in six days. And he spoke it. All of this was put in place by his speech. He spoke it into existence. So think about this. If we were, in, were not important, I'm fighting this pollen here, so excuse me for my voice. If we were not important, why would God pause, stoop down to the earth and pick up dust and form us and fashion us into his image if we weren't important, if he didn't think about us in a special way? Notice he didn't do this for cows. He didn't do this for dogs. He didn't do this for cats. He didn't do this for horses. He stooped down and picked up dirt, formed clay, fashioned us. And it says he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Nothing on earth has the breath of life in it. The beast of the earth, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, do not have the breath of life in them that is a living soul an eternal soul an eternal being no animals have that no creatures at all except man and he's we are the only creatures that god took his hands and formed us and fashioned us and shaped us into his image and we became a living soul there is no other creature that has that but us we are special, specially made for the service of God, to his service, to his glory and his praise. If we think back to the Garden of Eden, think about it. Man was put into a garden, a perfect place, and we were there to worship God. We were there to fellowship with him, to have a, a communion with him. That's, that was the perfect state, without sin, without pain, without sorrow. In our perfect condition, God put us in a garden. So I think it's very unique that that feeling and that sense that you have when you're working the land 
working the garden with your plants, your food, you're cultivating it and nurturing it, that you feel the presence of God in the garden is because that's where he intended us to be. Now with all this technology, he's not, he, he didn't intend us man to mix with um, machine that is the devil and his plan, his scheming to try to uh, smear the image of God. The devil knows that we were made in his in God's image and that we're made to reflect him in what we do and what we say. Let's go to uh, Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 1. And this goes back to what I just said before, that God knew who you were before you were born. I don't care how you were born, except, well, I, I got to be careful what I say. I will say this. God does not want us to be surrogates for other people. God intend us, intends us to procreate with one man, one woman, no other intervention. Anything else is wicked. Straight out of hell. God, think about it. When Hannah was crying and was in distress because she could not have a son. Uh, she wanted so badly to have a child, but she could not. Her womb was barren and she could not have a child. Uh, she prayed. And that's what too many people don't do, is they don't seek God. They don't seek His, uh, his thinking on the matter. But what did Hannah do? She went to the temple of God and prayed and, and cried out her heart and laid everything before God. She petitioned God for her concerns. And her concern was that she could not have a child. She didn't go to the doctor. She didn't go to the witch. She didn't go to the sorcerer. She didn't go to the necromancer. She went to the house of God and went to the altar and prayed. What did God do? He answered her prayer and gave her a child. And I've seen this happen. I've seen people try all kinds of things. Artificial insemination and surrogates for other people is wicked. I've seen them try it and try it to no avail. Some some it works, some it doesn't, but it's wicked either way. But I've seen those that have tried and have not been able to conceive. And then when they finally get on their knees, repent and talk to the Lord and bring it to him and sh tell God their concerns, they then conceive and have children. I know it. I've witnessed that. That's how it works, because God created us. He formed us and fashioned us. He cares about us. Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou came forth out of the womb, I sanctified you. And I ordained you a prophet unto the nations. 
Now that specifically there is speaking to Jeremiah and he called him a prophet to the to Israel to warn them. <clears throat> and God told him that I have a divine calling for you. I have a mission for you and I had it a mission for you before you were born. I had it prepared waiting on you to be born so that you could carry it out, but I already had it set. It was already waiting. It was already prepared for you. Now think about that. If we're just useless eaters, as as Yuval Harari, Noah, Noah, Yuval Harari, if I say his name right, he said we're just useless eaters and that we're hackable animals. This is part of the Great Reset. He's the chief advisor to Klaus Schwab. And their plan is to take complete control of us and we're going to be like russian serfs we're going to be subservient to the elites that's their plan but i know that god has other plans for us as long as we get on our knees humble ourselves and pray and seek his face and turn from our wicked ways he's got a plan for us Jeremiah 1 5 says, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee, and before thou came forth out of the womb, I sanctified you. There's other examples of this. One that just came to mind is that of Samson. God told Samson's parents that I've this child that's coming to you. This is the way you're going to raise him. This is how he's going to live. He's going to have a special purpose for me before he was born. Another one, John the Baptist. Before he was born, uh, Zechariah, Elizabeth were told. uh, This is what John the Baptist is going to do. This is actually going to be his name. You're going to call him John. This is what he's going to do. He's going to prepare the way of the Savior. And what about Jesus? It wasn't Mary told this is going to be the Son of God and this is what he's going to do. He's going to be the Messiah before he was born. If this doesn't tell you that you have a purpose and a plan, I don't know what will. Just these few verses for someone that doesn't have a purpose who doesn't have, who presumes they have no plan. God has a plan for you if you would submit to him and surrender. He has a way for you already set out if you would just follow it. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee, and before thou came forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. Praise the Lord. As in Psalms 139, I praise the Lord every day for that. I thank him that I'm alive to see another day. And I hope to fulfill the plan that he has given to me. We go to Psalms. Psalms chapter 127. Psalms 27 and verse 3 
blow out any argument you have for abortion. Psalms 127, verse 3, besides the fact that it's murder. Lo, children are an, an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Now, mine and my wife's quiver is full. We have five children, and we are blessed to have those five. Uh, the Lord has, has seen fit to bless us with one boy and four girls. <clears throat> now we have the obligation, but also the privilege to be able to raise them up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. It never once crossed our minds that we would want to murder them, that we would want to abort them. Not once. It is wicked. Now think about it. Why would you want to murder another life? Someone that has a living soul. Someone that God breathed into the breath of life. Someone that he made in his image. Only the devil would do such things. We have, they're trying to push this and making a big deal about the, the draft leak from the Supreme Court. And the fact is that our Constitution was founded on God's word, his law. And if we go back to his law, and we, if we just go to the set of, if we just go to the set of the Ten Commandments, you know, our country was founded on God's word, and we took out his law to guide us. And the Ten Commandments, one of the Ten Commandments is thou shalt not kill. That's one of the Ten Commandments. I'm having trouble with the uh, connection, looks like. Um, thou shalt not kill. Well, abortion is murder. Killing an innocent life <clears throat> is murder. And God clearly states that those that commit murder, those that are murderers, do not enter the kingdom of heaven. They are lost and headed to hell without repentance. So without repentance, you commit murder. You abort a baby. That's murder. You're going to hell. That's the way that the word of God tells us. So if we don't warn people of this fact, this truth, the blood is on our hands. But I'm doing what I can to warn people to share the gospel with those that will listen. We can't force people to listen and we can't force people to repent, but we can tell them the truth and give them warning what God's word says. So I hope to be faithful in that and sharing the gospel with those here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Those that will listen.
but the God's word is true. God never lies and his truth will prevail. Our country is in a poor condition right now because of this. This uh, lies and deceit from the devil over this abortion, trying to make it legal or moral. And we have a huge problem. Uh, one of the founding fathers, John Adams, said that our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. That's very important to understand because our Constitution, the way it's set up, what it's based on is God's word. It's based on morality, the people that understand morality. With morality, God's law uh, comes justice, and justice corrects transgressions. And if we in our society do not have consequences to immoral actions, we will have a corrupt people. And everything goes out the window then. So we must stand firm on the word of God. And God's love, he shows grace and he shows mercy, but he carries out justice. There's consequences to your actions. Matthew 18, 6. Uh, Jesus said to the group of people that he was ministering to here, he said, whosoever shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were th thrown into the middle of the sea. So this here, Jesus makes a clear point that if you take an innocent life, which is a child, and you take their life, one, you're guilty of murder, which deserves death because you took an innocent life, but also your physical death is just punishment for taking an innocent life. But I also like to, to note, to point out, you see his justice and what Jesus said, but you still see his mercy in this, what Jesus said is because if he, the person guilty of abusing, molesting, or murdering a child that is tied up to a millstone and thrown into the ocean at least has the distance from the surface of the water to the bottom of the sea to repent before he hits bottom and dies. So there is still mercy in that. But the fact that his life is taken, that is justice. We don't have that anymore, and that's one of the problems that we're having in our society because we're not following morality anymore. We're not following God's law anymore. We would have a lot less of this if we would men would be men and step up and do what's right. Abortion is murder, clear and simple. The Bible sets it out clearly. But there's one thing that I, if I would like for you to understand here is that you are important. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Because God loves you. 
John 3.16 says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever believes in him should not perish because he doesn't want you to perish. He doesn't want you to die. He doesn't want you to go to hell. But it's so that you will have eternal life. He paid the price that no one else could so that we could live. There are very there are more before I end I want to mention this the sinister plan behind abortions is not just the fact that it's my body my choice which is a lie because it's not your body it's another person another being that's growing in you that God is creating besides that abortion there is an agenda with these uh, vaccines uh HEK 293 is a is an ingredient of a vaccine or a lot of vaccines that are is stem cells and these stem cells are procured from aborted babies and the way that they procure this hek 293 is that they take a late-term baby and they harvest the stem cell the ingredients they need from the baby while the baby is alive it's the only way to get the stem cell that they need, the ingredients to, to for these vaccines. And the baby is alive, so they're um, <clears throat> torturing this baby. They don't give it any anesthetics. <clears throat> I'm fixing losing my voice here. The baby is alive and feeling all the pain as they remove from this baby what they need for vaccines the baby is in extreme pain and being uh, tortured the HEK 293 the number 293 means that they took if I'm not mistaken look it up it took 293 babies that they murdered before they got the right stem cell ingredient in the condition that they needed it in. They killed 293 babies to get it right. And this is just how, how wicked they are. It's not just that, oh, they care for the health of the women who are pregnant that don't want to be, so they need to abort their baby. It's because of Big Pharma wants to make money off of the bodies of these babies. That's why the government keeps pushing it. The government doesn't care about you and they don't care about me. They are wicked. They are just following what their father, the devil, tells them to do. So keep that in mind as we fight. As we are soldiers of the cross, we need to speak up, speak out, stand up against this wickedness. So I'm going to close here. I hope that you have, I would say, enjoyed, but this is not a joyful subject. Abortion is murder. And I think we've proved it by the word of God that that is, in fact, the case that it is murder.
we as Christians, let's um, encourage those around us. Now, those that have committed this have still have hope in the Lord. And it's through repentance. If they did carry out this act, they can still repent of what they did. That is a turning away, repenting, giving it to the Lord, surrendering to God as their Lord and Savior, trusting him, asking forgiveness for what they did. Repentance only comes through Jesus Christ and his shed blood on the cross, but he has provided it to all. All sin all transgression condemns us to hell. But Christ provided the way out through repentance. So share that with all of those you can, those that need it, your friends, family, neighbors. Let them know that there is still hope in this. This, this wickedness, this terrible things that we see going on around us, there's still hope because Christ is still offering repentance. So we're going to go ahead and close uh, this podcast here, but we're going to close on a word of prayer. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for your many blessings. We thank you for what you've done for us, what you've given us. I thank you for the opportunity, opportunity to be able to share your word, even if my voice isn't up to what it should be. We're still pressing on. We're soldiers of the cross. We're fighting, pushing forward through the enemy lines, calling out, exposing wickedness, exposing the corruption that's all around us. I hope that this has helped uh, people realize and continues to help people realize that we need to stand up and do something and not sit idly by and hope that it fixes itself. This is not something that will fix on its own, but it takes Christians with courage to step up and to speak out and to expose the lies and expose the wickedness. If we were complicit in it and continue down the path, we're at wrong and the blood is on our hands, but we can also stop and repent and ask for forgiveness and correct our path and head the correct direction by the grace of God and his mercy. I pray that we would repent of our sins and our iniquities and surrender to God, follow him, because he has a plan for us. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. He loves us. He cares about us. He has compassion for us. He knows us. He knows he knew us before we were born, and he knows how many hairs are on our head. He loves us too much for us to be murdered. He cares about us for that we would show compassion and love to others around us, help those that are in need. We give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen.